Welcome to episode six of the Technical Rapport. We're really happy to have you with us today. I'm Dr. Scott Kowalski. Michael will join us a little bit later in the episode, uh, which today our episode is about World Usability Day and some of the events that we held here on campus around that event. Uh, what is World Usability Day, you might ask? Well, reading from their website, and I'll definitely post a link to that in our show notes, but they state on their site that World Usability Day is a single day of events occurring around the world that brings together communities of professional, industrial, educational, citizen, and government groups. A little bit later in the passage, they state it's about making our world work better. Uh, and so what we wanted to do, and you might recall episode three, we had Dr. Bill Williamson and Trevor Baranek, who was a graduate of the PGW program. We had them in to talk about usability, how usability functions, uh, what was so, sort of the historical context for usability within our department. And it was around that time that Dr. Bill and I got together and we said, you know what? We need to do a World Usability Day event on campus, something that celebrates and creates awareness for uh, what we do here on campus regarding usability, and particularly in our department, something that highlights the lab, but then also talks about some of the work that others are doing around usability. The theme for this year's event was innovation, and so we wanted to think about, well, what can we do that kind of incorporates some of that theme uh, create some opportunities for folks to chat about uh, different things that they're doing with usability. And so what we did was we kind of held uh, two events. One was we had an open house in the usability lab where there was some live testing going on and folks could come in and get a sense of what it's like to be a participant and watch uh, usability testing happening. Uh, and then we also, and, and, and Michael did kind of the bulk of this work here, uh, we had folks just come in and, and we had our recording equipment set up for the for the podcast and Folks came in and chatted with us, and uh, we had some great conversations, not all about usability. Some was about the program and other things, uh, but we just kind of recorded and sat down with folks and, and talked about kind of what was going on and how they were experiencing the day. And then just down the hall from there, we had uh, some conference events going on. So we Skyped in uh, folks from Michigan Tech and James Madison University, as well as uh, some of our uh, alum came back. So Trevor came back to, to talk, and we're going to share a little bit of that with you guys later in this episode. And we also brought in uh, some of our current students who are working on different kinds of usability projects. And we just kind of had some really great talks and conversations about usability and what uh, and how we can think about usability and innovation going into the future. And so today's episode is really kind of recapturing some of the uh, events and, and highlights of our World Usability Day celebration here on campus. And I want to jump in then to one of the events, and this was a uh, a, a talk that uh, Michael and Trevor gave during the World Usability Day event. And they talk about, it sort of picks up with what we were talking about in episode three with some of the work that they do in their in their current positions uh, outside of, of, of the department in, in, their, in their jobs and how they think about innovation and usability within uh, those, in, within that career and within their jobs. And so I want to kind of jump into that. Uh, again, keep in mind the audio quality here. We recorded in uh, in a conference room, so there's a little bit of a, um, you know, distorted quality, I guess. But it's, I think it still sounds good. I think it'll be okay. Um, and so let's jump into that and listen to what Michael and Trevor have to say. Yeah, and I think um, especially at a company like Dow, um, what usability means for us there and, and kind of what we do every day. So we manage the information and the content for sites for environmental health and safety. And so what that is, is it's an important, it's integral to um, folks that work at the company to do maybe um, processes or top 10 checklists, anything that 
they're compliant with. There's a whole, that's a whole scope, a whole large scope of, of, of things that they do there. And so for us, when they're using the internet websites, uh, they have to be accessible. They have to be, you know, all the definitions that Trevor just, just ran through. Um, because, you know, in a lot of ways it could be, you know, life-threatening. And I don't, I don't say like life-threatening in, in the terms of like, you know, <laughs> that they're going to get, you know, they may die, but you know, it's, it's a chemical company. We're an industrial company. So it's important that people find the information and the documents that they can in the quickest way possible with uh, the, the least amount of um, burden or um, time spent, wasted, getting to that information. So what we try to do, Trevor and I, is drive that improvement in any way we can. And usability testing is a great way for us to gauge how well the sites are performing and find any way possible to improve them and do that constantly throughout um, our work processes. Yeah. yeah. And one of the great things about usability testing is it's a skill and it's an easy one to pick up. It's usability is a discipline, user experience design. That's much harder to become an expert at and your knowledge will grow. But testing is a skill, an easy skill, low-hanging fruit that anybody can do. And for us, like if you ask yourself, Trevor, will I need usability testing as a technical writer? As a technical writer, if all you do is write documents, it depends on the company. Do they care about it? Do they know about it? But if you want to be more than just a technical writer and you want to see the big picture, become a technical communicator, add skills like usability testing, web development, art, graphic design, and become a fuller, more capable employee, one who can, can see everything from a different perspective and, and know which direction you need to go in a big way. Yeah. I think for us specifically, coming from SVSU, coming from this program, we have been fortunate enough to get all those different tools and all those different skills instilled in us from pretty much the get-go. So we can take that kind of um, skill set and that knowledge set and we can take the steps necessary at... Um, thanks. <laughs> uh, take the steps necessary to implement those, those changes and be change agents, be advocates for change in the discipline that we're in currently. And it can be difficult sometimes. It's, uh, it's a big company. It's a big moving machine. There are a lot of hoops to jump through. Uh, and we deal with that every day on a daily basis, but continuing the fight and constantly pushing the boundaries and always looking for ways to make improvements, I think that is the best way to take usability and apply it in sort of the way, in the fashion that we do. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and usability testing is a great tool to create change. There's sometimes you'll be interacting with the experts and they don't want to change. They think it's great, and that's because they're the expert. It makes perfect sense to them, but they've never sat down with a user and had them test it. So you may, someone, you may encounter someone who does not want to move, refuses to make any change. But once you actually test their site, you test their document, test their information, and they see where people are failing and where they struggle, they get it. And from that point on, they're sold. And now they believe, they trust you, your expertise, to do the right things to improve the product and, and help people achieve their, 
achieve their tasks. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the big things that we do and we struggle with from time to time, but is interfacing subject matter experts with people who are actually using the subject matter. Um, I know we, we deal with a lot of different regulations, so um, it can be difficult to actually find someone who can come from a plant and sit down and actually go through a document. Um, that's one of the challenges that we have to deal with, but getting the stakeholder to sit down with a user and show them whether or not you think that the information is relevant or it's important, look and see how the user is using that information, and that is the def- that's, what, that's your definition of relevant, uh, relevance and importance. Uh, one of the things that um, Trevor does at Dow. Uh, Trevor and myself, but Trevor's done a lot of it, and I've kind of picked up on it, is uh, this card sorting practice as a usability test. And I think it's invaluable because it really tells you what the user's thinking, how their mind um, sort of does a taxonomy of, of, of a website. We want to talk about that a little bit, the, the card sorting thing you do? Yep. Yeah, I'll get into that to j- in uh, just a second. Okay. So usability testing, it can help you get a job. The, the job I have now today, the job description said technical writing, Web development, usability testing. So if you're missing that and someone else has it, they're going to pick them over you. We're going to hire two additional co-ops soon. What are we looking for? Technical writing, web development, usability. If you have those things, we're going to want you. So just know that it's an important skill. It's a marketable skill, and it'll, it'll help you get a job. So uh, at Dow, one of the reasons when I saw, and it was, it was one of the emails from SBSU about up career opportunities out there and I saw it and I said that's me I'm, I'm a technical writer I'm a web developer I'm a usability specialist hire me that's me and I interviewed they loved that I had the experience as a writer the experience as a web developer and the experience as usability because it's been just growing recently more important at Dow mm-hmm. so with usability one of the goals I was given was to improve the information architecture of the EHNS site it's this site, the global site is 5,100 pages. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of little pockets of content. How can you get a handle on that? And this is a site that's grown and evolved over a decade. And it was created by tens, even well over 100 content owners. So was it a mess? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is putting it so mildly, <laughs> a mess. So it was a catastrophe, <laughs> and that's when I came in. You know, and and part of my challenge was learning what is environment health and safety. What does that mean? Yeah. How do people use the site? What work do they need to do to get to do their jobs? So you need to find out what are people doing, how do they use it, what are the different types of audiences, and there are plenty of different types of audiences, and that's kind of part of the struggle is how do you serve all of them at the same time with this much content, and the strategy is focusing on their tasks. What do they need to do to get their jobs done? That's, you work at a business, you do work, you need to get your job done. So you don't want fluff, you don't care about innovative gifts, you just want to get to your content. That's a bit of an inside joke. Uh, yeah. yeah. We get to, to all we don't, developers. Yeah. <laughs> don't, uh, yeah. yeah. So the strategy was researching what is EHNS, Analyzing the site, what pages are most popular, where are people going. I installed a heat map on the homepage to see where are people clicking, what's hot, what's cold. Right. 
what can go, what, what needs to stay. I looked at the searches people were, were, uh, were making on the site to find out what topics in EHNS were they looking for. If they couldn't find it, how can I get it to them? So I used all that information to create a card sorting activity. All those important topics, I, I laid, laid them out. I gave people cards, asked them to sort them into groups that made sense, and then they labeled them using terminology that works for them, that they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. So now I've got the most important information grouped where it needs to be using the labels they're comfortable with. So I used that information to recreate the new, the new EHNS homepage task-based, here's your services, expertise, and so on. Everything you need, it's right here. It's only a couple clicks away. And with the work that Mike and I were doing together, we updated the look and feel of the site to make it look more pleasant. And we also added all the features that you need to be able to navigate up to more, more broader levels. I know one of, the, one of the items I read just the other day in Ginny Radish's letting go of the words was, Norman and uh, Norman's group, they, Norman Nielsen, they had done a study that said a good percentage of people will land somewhere inside your site. They won't hit the home page. So if they land inside your site, they need a way to navigate out or navigate to a broader, broader area so they can find information that they're looking for. So maybe they hit something too detailed and they want to expand out further. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the work that we did was there was no sturdy navigation across the site, and that's what we added this year. Yeah, and a large part of that project was convincing stakeholders and our leadership that this was relevant, that this was important, and that it was a project that merited our time. Um, I know in conducting the usability tests that I've been able to do at Dow, it's a little different than what we do in the academic field because we have all of these nice programs. We have Silverback, uh, TechSmith Moran, and Camtasia. We don't have access to all those things at Dow. But what we do have, uh, we have WebEx. Uh, we're able to record on that, and we're able to sit down face-to-face -face with our, um, sometimes, some, sometimes sit down face-to-face -face with our participants. If not, we'll, we'll do it over WebEx. But one of the big things we have to do is make the best with what we have and so it's like it, it, there's a, a huge portion of our usability testing that is adaptability and in trying to record the same information that we're taught to record and offer the same um, suggestions with limited capabilities so card sorting is a great way to to bridge that that gap there between what we have and what we want to do with it and I think um, the WebEx and usability testing that we've been able to do there is just one of the, the ways that we can continue to push usability as a priority within the company. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, and usability, <laughs> it makes business sense. Mm -hmm. They want to drive productivity. They want to reduce errors. They want to take systems that were disjointed and combine them. Now they're going to build all these big systems well, the bigger it is and more complex it is, the more important usability is, that it serves the purpose of a specific audience. It gives them what they need and not more enough. If you give everything to everyone, you're really giving not much to any single person. I so. think, yeah, and Steve Krug makes a great point that you can never start usability testing too soon. And I believe that at a big company like that, that gets overlooked quickly. 
that they've already jumped through three, four, five steps ahead of where we should have been doing these ability testing to begin with. And that's, just, that's something that we struggle with and something that we have to continue to push for. So, yeah. Can I ask a philosophical question? Absolutely. Please do. <laughs> you, Trevor, were talking earlier and you made the distinction between being a technical writer and being a technical communicator. And part of what you did is you talked about moving beyond mere words. And then now that's my phrase, not yours, that I'm inserting in there, but moving beyond sentences and pages and so on into a more complex understanding of communication as a, well, just that, that it's more complex. And usability is part of that for you. So at what point in your career, at what point in thinking about these kinds of things, did you start making that distinction? Was it all the way back here, or was it in your work as you're out in the work world? That's a good question. I, I think from this point forward, I'll start referring to myself as a technical communicator because that's what I am. I, I feel if I call myself a technical writer that it, it limits people's understanding of what I'm capable of. Yep, I agree with that. And previously I was a technical writer because that was the marketable term. That was the job description term. So that's what I was. But now companies care more than just about writing. Right. They want someone who's versed in usability. They want someone who knows design. It's, it's kind of strange when I look at job descriptions now. They want everything from everybody. If yes. you're a web developer, they want you to be a front-end and back-end web developer. So they want you to be able to do the design, the interface, and the business logic, database work behind the scenes. They want everything. And if you know usability testing, that's another great bonus point. It's, they want it, and you're going to need it. So if you limit yourself to just words, you don't look at design or usability testing or programming, someone else will have, and they'll be the more desirable candidate. So it's important to broaden your horizons of what you know and what you're capable of doing. So that's a little bit from Michael and Trevor's talk at our World Usability Day conference kind of discussion event that we had. And I think there's a couple of things there that really struck me and that I wanted to point out. Uh, Trevor's card sorting activity, I think, speaks to some of the innovation that the conference uh, theme is, is, is kind of pointing at here. And as Mike says, right, it's about making the best with what you have. And he sort of makes some of the comparisons between some of the facilities and technologies and software that we might have available to us in the department in, in our usability lab that not all companies have access to. And it's about finding innovative ways to bring in usability testing into your corporation, into your company, and find ways to get folks to uh, buy in and, and, and conduct tests in some very innovative ways. The card sorting activity is one of them. Uh, some of the other uh, technologies that they use to do some screencasting and recording, I think, speaks to that as well. The other thing that I think is interesting in that talk is sort of happens at the end and might not necessarily have specifically to deal with usability, but I wanted to include it in this uh, podcast nonetheless, is Trevor's distinction between tech writer and technical communicator. And I think that that might actually be a good topic for a future episode. But I think what it does, though, and, and what Trevor's trying to get at 
is, and that was Dr. Bill, by the way, who asked that question uh, uh, about sort of that distinction. But I think what Trevor's trying to get at here is this notion that, uh, you know, as 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 technical and professional writers and communicators, right, what we need to do is think beyond and, and a little bit outside of the box and, and, and not limit ourselves uh, in any sort of one particular delineation or definition of what we as professional and technical writers do. And again, this has sort of been a constant theme that we've talked about in other episodes. Uh, and so I think it was important to kind of hear Trevor's distinction between how he feels in his own professional identity. There's that sort of uh, demarcation between those two titles. Uh, next here, what I want to do is I want to jump into then a really brief discussion. Uh, Michael, during our uh, podcast recording on our World Usability Day event, was sitting down with Samantha Witzgall, one of our students uh, in the program. She's also currently enrolled in the RPW324 usability course that I'm teaching. Uh, and they bring in uh, Tony Lang, who is also enrolled in that course, a current RPW student. And he was one of the folks that was set up doing some of that live testing to give folks uh, kind of an opportunity to uh, talk a little bit and experience a little bit about uh, what it's like to be a participant, what it's like to see uh, usability testing happening live. So I want to jump into a brief conversation that they had, uh, and then I'll pick back up. Joining us today, Tony, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good, man. Uh, so what are you doing for World Usability Day? Uh, today, I'll actually be performing some usability tests to give anyone who walks in an idea of, uh, at least from the user perspective, mm. uh, what it's like. Okay. So, so um, what are you testing? Uh, specifically, the professional and technical writing uh, website on SVSU. Okay. So the department page yeah, then. Department Very cool. Page. And uh, how many tests have you? I know, I know the answers to these questions, but I'm going to ask them for everyone. <laughs> I still like looking at you, right? Like you're dumb. <laughs> how many tests have you have you conducted so far? Uh, five, five tests. Okay, cool. Yeah, I hope we get a lot, a lot of participants today. Doctor Bill informed me that he had uh, offered extra credit as mm-hmm. a yep. incentive to his students for classes. So we hopefully will get plagued with. N- too many that we can't <laughs> fulfill all, you know, beat students them, Beat them away with our shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's cool. the hope or the dream. That's yeah. the dream. That's the dream. That is the dream. So. <laughs> all right. So um, have you done your internship yet? Nope. Okay. Um, what are you doing right now uh, work-wise? Uh, I work at the Dow Chemical Company oh, yeah. uh, with you, uh, for you, <laughs> and uh, a co-worker that you're presenting with today, Trevor. Yep. Um, believe he was on this show uh, previously. So. Yep, that was uh, I want to say episode two. Yeah, episode two. Yeah, yep. When we talked about usability, actually, on that episode. So, uh, I'm an intranet writer there for EHNS, mm-hmm. and um, as far as the upcoming internship that I'll have to do here at SVSU, um, I really like usability since we've got into it. And it's not just because it's usability day or any of that. And I think I overheard uh, Sam already say that. But uh, something along those lines would be great just because there's Mm – I just just learned about what this was this semester with uh, usability, um, the class that uh, I'm currently in. And um, there's just so many things you can do with it. And it's – I don't know. It's it's a – it's a skill set to to have, I yeah. think, coming out of school. So um, something along those lines would be great. It's an interesting way to help people, if you think about yeah. it that way. Yeah. I mean, this is information that 
people obviously need to know. So whether it's a website or anything like that, um, users are going to this site, this document for certain information. Right. And we need to be able to help them understand it. It's never the user's fault when they can't understand something. The document's not working properly. Right. And it's our way to help. Yeah. No, cool. Absolutely. I think that's great. Yeah. Trying to build off what the theme for the the World Usability Day here is, um, you know, they're just a little excerpt from the, the flyer. It says, uh, during the last 10 years, over 25,000 people have been a part of our initiative to share the important message that people matter, that technology should help people improve and enjoy their lives. And I think that speaks to that um, perfectly. Improving their lives. Uh, like we, we don't want people to feel dumb. You when know, they're using something. Exactly. Yeah. It needs to feel intuitive. It needs to feel, you know, that like they're familiar with it from the first time they experience it and they know where to go and they need to know, you know, what they can find. And I, that's, that's, I mean, pretty much what we're doing and that's what we're, we're uh, praising today for World Usability Day. Well, if you think about like, if you're ever like sitting there back in high school, your early college classes and you're taking a test, sometimes you're not designed to fill out that test and you get really stressed out and yeah. you don't know how to fill it out and then you go blank that's when a document isn't working properly right that's me on every test though so <laughs> i don't know if that's maybe that's why i chose to get into this no test i yeah i have like test taking anxiety i think or something i don't know but well, really, here's, like, here's the thing the test the test is the usability test that's where you get to do your test yeah it's you not actually taking it you're making someone else take the test yeah for you. i get to proctor it which yeah. is a lot nicer than having to sit through it i guess yeah. but even sitting through a usability test is maybe the most painless test that there could be because okay. you're not being tested though uh the document is document. being tested, which is nice. It's a nice <laughs> turn on to to tell that to someone like, hey, don't worry about it. You can't do anything wrong. Yeah. There are there are no wrong answers. <laughs> That's my kind of test. Exactly. That's the best kind of test. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um you all right, so talking about usability and usability testing, um, I guess what are the uh I don't know, I guess what would what I would ask what the limitations are of the program maybe in doing usability testing. I know we have the lab here, obviously, but um, what are some of the things that maybe the department could do to get the word out more? Hmm. And that's a toss up. Well, this is, this is the first time we're doing world usability day, isn't it? So yeah, well, I think it's at the school. Yeah. At the school. Yeah. yeah. I think that, yeah, like we're a, actually a hosting event. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Continuing to do events like this. Um, right. Uh, giving incentives to students to participate in events like this, like, like the they have. <laughs> I'm hoping to see some people. Not that I want to leave you guys, but I'm hoping to see some people walk through the door. I'm hoping to see. Yeah, uh, do I'm, some testing. Yeah. My name's on that on that too. I want to see people walk through the door. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Michael talking with Samantha Witzgall and Tony Lang, uh, both students in the PDW program, and both are currently enrolled in RPW 324, the special topics usability course that I'm teaching this fall. Um, I want to jump in though and kind of continue the theme here, speaking with some students and some of their experiences and thoughts and ideas about usability within the curriculum. Uh, and we're going to bring in here uh, Mecca Cobb, Brian Powell, and Mitchell Clock. Uh, Brian is also currently enrolled in the RPW 324 course, and Mitchell took the same course uh, when I taught it as a usability studies course two falls ago. And Mecca was a student in my RPW 285, the Writing and Electronic Spaces, last fall, fall of 2014 when we uh, incorporate some usability studies into that course as well. And so all three are going to share some of their experiences working with clients and thinking about usability testing within the curriculum. 
So I don't really know where That's we're going to go with this. Voice. Yeah, where we're going to go with this conversation. Um, but you know, Brian, uh, we're talking about world usability stuff today, and you're in the usability class right now. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that experience uh, and maybe what you guys are doing in your group project. Um, yeah, I can totally do that. Um, right now, we are testing the uh, Bay City Ministries um, uh, bulletin that they make for their church. And we've had two series of usability testing so far. Uh, it's produced a lot of results. It's actually not as difficult as one might think, knowing nothing about the program. Um, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback, so it's definitely something I'll continue doing. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so we also have Mecca Cobb and Mitchell Clock here with us. Uh, both are PTW majors. Mitchell is also uh, the president of our Association of Perfect Professional and Technical Writing. And Mecca is the secretary of the Association for Professional and Technical Writers as well. Um, so, Mitchell, Mecca, where have you guys been exposed to usability testing in the curriculum here in the PTW program? Um, first class I took with you was 324, um, usability studies. And that was two years ago. I, I think that was the first time you taught it. Um, and that was really, I, I had no idea what usability was before. Oh, that's right. You were in that first yeah, class. I was. I, I totally forgot about that. How should I, how, how did I forget about that? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I remember one of the first things we did was. I kind of made you sign up for that course, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was forced, but it was it was a good thing because it opened up a lot of opportunities. Um, and I remember one of the first things we did was you asked us what we thought usability was, and I had absolutely no idea. Um, and two years later, it's um, clearly become one of the more important parts of um, of my um, academic career, I guess, in in uh, technical writing. Yeah, um, I also was introduced to it in one of your classes. I'm not really sure what the number is. Probably the same class. Was it the 285 course last fall? Um, I assume so. With that, we worked with the Haiti. Yeah, the yeah, school, and yeah. Yeah, that was our first. Well, my first time using the usability it was a different experience because we worked with an actual client and had to do certain like certain criteria of what we had to do. So mm -hmm. it was it was a little bit different and more of a world experience, I feel like, what we would do in real life if you were dealing with something like that. Um, but it was pretty cool. We, you know, just had to create pretty much from scratch something for another client and test it out and make sure it worked for the demographics. You know, Haiti, they don't really have many technology items for, like, internet or whatever, but, you know, for it was more of an outreach for, like, the teachers from here who would go over there and help and... It was just, it was pretty cool just so you know. Yeah, and, and what was neat about that project, I think, is that we started with very just basic wire framing with, with markers on paper, and we started testing those designs and thinking about, okay, how do we want to create the navigation? Brian, you were in that class too, weren't you? You were. Um, what was the number? I don't know. It was the, oh, two, no. the 285 Writing in Electronic Spaces when we worked with uh, Hansel. Our, our, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was there. And so we, we, we started doing usability testing uh, on those very sort of rough outline sketches we wanted to think about how to net how to create navigation for our pages and it was integrated and iterative throughout that entire process as and and, and one of the challenges i think mike as you mentioned was thinking about the different kinds of users that were involved with that process and uh you know it was a client project that we did for hansel verdeen who's a graduate of our program and this nonprofit school that he was uh, starting in haiti 
And it was an opportunity for us to think about the challenges that creating a site for that space provided. And it was, uh, I think at the end of the day, we ended up creating a, a couple of different options that he really felt were beneficial for what he wanted to do with things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess with, with Mitchell and Brian both having, uh, or Brian's kind of in the thick of 324 and Mitchell having gone through it two, uh, two years ago, both those courses, the one thing, because I did make some changes between the course that Mitchell took and the course that you're taking now, Brian. But one of the things that's stayed the same here is this client project, which is very similar to the project that we that, that Mecca did in the 285 class. And, Brian, you did that as well. But can you guys talk a little bit about those client projects and, and how you work, or Brian, in your case, how you're working through those clients uh, to, to and, and sort of like as consultants to work through and help solve their problems? Uh, I, I guess I'll jump in first. Um, before really starting this program, I'm going to kind of take a step back. Um, I didn't really realize the importance of usability testing, uh, but something that's become very clear is as technical writers, um, we're exposed to you know social media, um, websites, different kinds of documents, document design, everything like that on kind of a daily basis. Um, so we become fairly adaptive on how we can interact with these things which is something that our users really don't have any experience with. So when we do these practical applications like these client projects where we get users' feedback, um, it's incredibly beneficial um, because these users that we're testing or that are testing our documents for us, rather, don't use the same shortcuts, don't use the same navigation that we do. Uh, so it can be very effective. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell, do you recall? I know it was kind of two years yeah, ago now. I, yeah, I was just thinking about it. We... We did um, the Freeland Sport Zones website. That's right. Um, which at the time was difficult because even while we were testing, um, they actually did a complete website overhaul and changed their website. So we had to kind of make some changes to our plans. But regardless, their new website we still found very flawed. Um and so we did we did usability testing on that and what it kind of point well what one of the main things I got out of it was that even even with small scale usability testing like we did which I mean it was small scale we only had a few people um come in and test it um unfortunately we weren't able to implement our changes at the time um I think Kendall went on to actually do some of those because he worked there and was able to but um it it showed that even with small scale usability testing even just with students um, we were we were able to come up with some really good conclusions and um, recommendations that we thought were were actually legitimate um, things that could be done for this website, um, and that kind of made me realize that if you know if we can come up with this stuff when we're inexperienced and doing this on a small scale, um, that if if you were to actually do a legitimate usability test um, in in the field in the real world, you could really um, refine websites and probably uh, create much better ones than than what are currently in place for a lot of businesses um, if they were to implement um, professional usability testing. Right. So lastly, I guess I'll pose this to all three of you. With your experiences working through some kind of usability project throughout the curriculum in some capacity, what have you felt have been the challenges and what have you felt have been the rewards of doing these kinds of projects? Well, for one of Jorgensen's classes, again, I don't remember the number, 
um, we had to make a set of instructions that were second grade level and how to build like a Lego structure. We had to type it all out and like have somebody, you know, usability test it and make sure that they got exactly how we had it, mostly without pictures. Sometimes we could use pictures. And it, it definitely is difficult when you have a certain audience you have to like gear towards because that was very difficult because it takes very, it, I mean, it just takes a lot of concentration in order to figure out and like to gear towards your audience and so that the person who's using that thing knows exactly what they're doing and knows what they're getting and you know so that was one of my most difficult things to do because having somebody have to implement that toward another group of people is you know you takes a lot of time it's thinking about those different users and how you create something that allows them to interact with it appropriately yeah um one of the biggest challenges that i found with regards to usability testing was that it has the potential to have so much depth that you you have to have a context for what you're testing. It's it's kind of like when I don't know how many people did this, but when I was in elementary school, we did a, we did a uh, a project where we had to write the instructions of how to do something ridiculously easy, like make a peanut butter sandwich. And it was basically every time someone would create an instruction set, the teacher would pick it apart and be like, well how do you open the lid of the peanut butter? Like, you know, uh, you have to pick up the knife. It's like, what to what? when does common sense come into play? And that's something you have to look at with regards to usability testing, um, but on a much larger scale. Um, people come from all different backgrounds, all, all different walks of life, and um, things mean different things to other people. Um, and it's our job as professionals to determine um, – the most efficient and best way to usability test um, to accomplish all the goals we want to accomplish while still um, while still keeping it um, simple enough to a point that people are able to understand what we're work- what we're doing right right Brian, you want to get the last word here uh, yeah, mine was actually very similar to that. Um, uh, when we're testing, it's very easy to fall into a pattern of not narrowing down our questions enough or kind of allowing our users to point out what they think their own problems with the website or the document are. And it's it can be kind of cyclical in that every time you test, you find something new that's wrong. And as a writer, we want to fix everything. <laughs> but you really can't. There, Just like you said, there is a degree to which we have to stop and examine what is common knowledge and what is the outlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all so much. Again, we have Brian Powell, Mecca Cobb, and Mitchell Clock joining us uh, for this uh, segment of our World Usability Day podcast. So thank, thank all three of you very much. And that's going to wrap up episode six of the Technical Report, our special episode on World Usability Day and the events that we held on our campus to celebrate usability, the way it informs and perpetuates within our curriculum, uh, highlighting some of the things that we do in our usability lab. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, especially Trevor Baronic for coming back and speaking at the event with Michael. Uh, a special thanks also to Samantha Witzgall for serving as our Usability Day ambassador in the lab and helping people kind of get situated and talking about what goes on in the lab. Uh, again, Tony Lang for uh, being the one who did primarily a lot of the uh, the testing and, and, and exposing folks to what it means to participate and see a usability test. 
Uh, and they both obviously join us in the podcast as well. And then I'd also like to thank Mecca Cobb, Mitchell Clock, and Brian Powell for joining us and chatting a little bit about their experiences of usability in their in the curriculum. And I'd also like to thank Dr. Bill for kind of taking a crazy idea I had to say, hey, let's put something together in about two weeks to celebrate World Usability Day on campus. Uh, it was the first event that we had held here locally. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say it. I think it was a success. Uh, I had a lot of fun. We've got a couple other recordings, uh, both video and audio recordings that Dr. Bill and I are working on to put in a different space. So we'll definitely talk about that at at a future uh, time. Uh, So be on the lookout for those. But uh, I'm also going to say that this will be our last episode of the semester here. I'm recording this. It's December 3rd and our semester is getting ready to wrap up. So uh, we will pick back up mike will be back in january and we'll start a entire new fresh uh set of episodes for the winter 2016 semester uh if you'd like to hit us up on twitter uh we are we can be reached at the tech rapport that's at the tech rapport on twitter go ahead and tweet us any uh questions ideas comments uh we'd love to hear from you you can also find us on facebook that's facebook.com forward slash the technical rapport Uh, We look forward to connecting with you via social media, and we'll see you back in January. Later.